Huh. Tweets aren't loading. That's weird. Oh, hi. Welcome to some more news. I am Mr. Cody, the news Johnston. And today on the news, breaking news, conservatives are hypocrites. Wow. Such news. Okay. Maybe I lied when I said this was news. I'm sorry. I'm the hypocrite in that specific case. But if you could just bear with me for a moment, the holidays are coming up, which tends to mean a lot of uncomfortable living and dining room moments with conservative family members. And so I figured for the season, why not put this video on for them? Toss it up on the big screen. Make it an event. This video where I, Cody, the news Johnston, the people's champion, list off many recent and less recent examples of conservatives having absolutely no moral standards. And that's mostly what this episode is going to be about, followed by a little debriefing. Won't that be fun? for the whole family. And don't worry, I do curse a lot during this. Cock, piss, jabroni. Why conservatives are hypocrites. Maybe one day I'll do a family-friendly episode, I swear it. Fuck dicks, veiny dicks, going into pussies. Anyway, let's start with this Kanye West fellow. Have you, uh, heard what's going on with that guy? Chances are, by the time we edit this episode, there will be so much more to say about Mr. Loves Hitler so, so much. And while a lot of that news is extremely disturbing, it is at least extremely funny to see conservatives twist themselves into knots to try to cope with Kanye, taking a dog whistle, attaching it to a megaphone, attaching that to a Fender 68 custom vibro champ, and then just burning all of that and instead explicitly spelling out that he doesn't like Jewish people to the entire nation. If you're new, dog whistles are ways to signal an opinion that is typically considered unacceptable or gauche, like hating Jews, by using a less conspicuous or literal phrasing. Code words that bigots know, but the general public might not. Globalism comes to mind as a very common dog whistle for Jews. You can find tons of examples. Yahoo it. But Kanye, it appears, did not get the manual of how to get away with anti-Semitism. He did not use a dog whistle. To the point that we now have video of a desperate Alex Jones trying his damnedest to tee Kanye up for a nice, easy dog whistle. Only for West to knock it into a sand trap and then take a dump on his putter. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Uh, but I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer. Can we just kind of say like you like the, the you like the uniforms? But that's about no, it. No, we we no. I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. Dude loves Hitler, it seems. And he's certainly gone a long way since simply declaring DEATHCON 3 on Jewish people. Of course, back in those quaint days of like a month ago, we still pretty much knew what we were dealing with. It's not exactly like Kanye backpedaled or apologized for that one tweet. He actually did the um opposite of that. And he's telling me, like, yo, I want you to visit the Holocaust Museum. And I was like, yo, I want you to visit Planned Parenthood. That's our Holocaust Museum. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I put my life on this uh -huh. at this point because they've been fucking with me too long. Mm -hmm. they, put, they put the crazy narrative out there. My Jewish trainer, Harley Pashenak, who's Lizzo's trainer, right. uh, put it out when I went to the hospital, put it in the press. Fuck Black Lives Matter. Uh, Don't say that. Don't say that. You can cancel. You can cancel no, 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 by the Jewish no. media. No, say, Fuck Black Lives Matter. No. So then uh, we made the White Lives Matter tease. Mm. And then when I put up the, the tweet, the DEFCON tweet, now nah, he ain't he ain't releasing the tea because mm. he's Jewish. Mm. And I'm like, see, this is my exact point that I'm mm. making. Mm. Like Jewish people have owned the black voice, mm. whether it's through us wearing a Ralph Lauren shirt or it's all of us being signed to a record label or having a Jewish manager or being signed to a Jewish basketball team or mm. doing a movie on a Jewish platform like Disney. Ah, yes. The old doubling down technique that definitely lets you keep your career. Boy, Kanye really can't do dog whistles. He, he just can't help himself. Like he tries to do a dog whistle and gets frustrated and has to just come out and say it. The thing about the red hat that drove me to a point of exhaustion, which was misdiagnosed by a 
I'm not going to say what race, what people uh, doctor and what hospital and what media went to. We know I can't say that. It was a Jewish doctor. So, you know, there's Kanye's um, alleged anti-Semitism, according to Reuters and the Metro at the time. At what point can we stop saying alleged? Does the guy literally have to say, yes, hello, I'm being anti-Semitic? Webster's Dictionary defines anti-Semitism as... The thing about it, me and Adidas, it's like, I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Yeah, so, okay, cool. And again, he would go on to literally say that he likes Hitler. And look, this isn't an episode about Kanye or everything he said or whether or not he's, like, mentally okay. What I'm getting to is that right before his anti-Semitic diss track, the right wing was fawning over him for a stunt where he and Candace Owens wore a shirt that says, White Lives Matter. Ben Shapiro thought it was great. Fox News thought it was great. The official Twitter for Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee blasted out Kanye, Elon, Trump, a tweet that only got funnier with time until it was quietly deleted about two weeks ago. Because almost right after all this early Kanye praise from the GOP, that other shoe dropped, the anti-Semitic red-laced work boot, to be specific. And instead of immediately saying, oh no, we were, we were wrong about Kanye, and apologizing, we were treated to a combination of Olympic-level mental gymnastics combined with straight-up lying and covering up. If you recall, Tucker Carl the Tuxin interviewed Kanye recently, and it turns out that a lot of that interview was left on the cutting room floor. Specifically, the part where Kanye said he was vaccinated for COVID-19. Also, all the anti-Semitic bits. I prefer my kids' new Hanukkah than Kwanzaa. At least it will come with some financial engineering. <laughs> Kwanzaa doesn't, you know, so... They don't teach even Christmas itself, Christmas. A Jewish holiday being about financial engineering, huh? Very allegedly anti-Semitic of you. And while omitting those details is bad enough for someone pretending to be a journalist, it also completely goes against Tuck's own stated philosophy. Because if there's one thing we know about this clenched anus of a man, it's that he hates media censorship. Democrats are very worried about the coming elections, but they're absolutely terrified that Elon Musk may allow people to criticize them on Twitter. And they know what Republicans don't seem to know, which is without censorship, the Democratic Party cannot continue to hold power. Democrats understand that. So what they're really arguing is in the wake of this attack, which is awful against someone who did not deserve it. And we want to be clear about that. Paul Pelosi really is a nice guy. Hard to believe, but he is. But in the wake of that, they're telling you, unfortunately, you can no longer have free speech. Well, you can't. Interesting. Odd words, given Mr. Freedoms over here censored Kanye West. So it's okay for you to take out all the parts of the interview with Kanye that make him seem less appealing, like his anti-Semitism, so you can have a nice, clean, curated interview of him just saying the things that make him palatable to your audience, Mr. Carlson? Isn't that a little bit censorious? You know who's for censorship? Weak people are for censorship. I can't handle what you're throwing at me. Shut up or else. That's exactly what they're saying. Strong people don't behave that way. Only the weak. So why do you censor Kanye, tough guy, if only weak people believe in censorship? Are you afraid of the truth that Kanye's a proud anti-Semite? The real reason he edited out the anti-Semitic parts while quietly leaving in everything else, despite being Mr. Anti-Censorship, is because he knows that's not how dog whistling works. You have to be subtle. If you come right out with, I hate Jews, Jews are secretly controlling the world, you sound hateful and unreasonable, and people will stop listening to what you say. Instead, you need dog whistles, like globalists or Hollywood elite or friends of Larry David. You gotta try to sound reasonable, just asking questions first. Then, when you've softened up your target, started to convince them that there's a cabal of globalists, it's easier to then tell them that the globalists are Jews. If you come in too hot too quickly with the Druze in all caps, you're going to scare away the people you're trying to indoctrinate before you have a chance to indoctrinate them. Once Kanye's Death Con 3 on Jewish people tweet was 
farted out, another right-wing grifter named Candace Owens painstakingly tried to logic her way through his statement. And because that's an impossible task, the result was just the most tasty of word goulash. That was the tweet. And people subsequently demanded that the tweet be taken down for anti-Semitism. Now, if you are an honest person, you did not think this tweet was anti-Semitic. You did not think that he wrote this tweet because he hates or wants to genocide Jewish people. This does not represent the beginning of the Holocaust. That's if you're an honest person, you'll meet that. You, you will admit that. What is DEFCON 3? Did he mean DEFCON 3? which would be a military defense position, not an offense for those of you that are offended, a military defense position. Yes, thanks, Candace. Thank you for that nuance of DEFCON being a defensive military posture that can escalate to mutually assured nuclear destruction. DEFCON, of course, not even being the actual word he used. But yeah, I'm sure Kanye just meant that if, if the Jews fire nukes, then the Gentiles should respond with their own. So Candace Owens is saying Kanye isn't anti-Semitic because... He didn't literally threaten the Holocaust because I guess the bar for anti-Semitism is just Holocaust now. Like you have to do a whole genocide to be a bigot, but also not sure that Candace Owens is the person we should be consulting about Holocaust stuff. But if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German, everybody to look a different way. That's not, to me, that's not nationalism. But all the Hitler should have kept it local talk aside, it's awfully interesting how much effort she's putting into defending Kanye when she used to not care what celebrities think. I know this because one of her early videos for Prager, let's call it University, was repurposed from one of her first ever personal YouTube videos and was literally titled, Dear Celebrities, We Don't Care What You Think. Dear Celebrities, I'm sorry to be the one to have to break this to you, but we do not care, not in the slightest particle of an imaginary thing, what you think. Oh, weird. It's like she's a hypocrite. I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that Candace Owens' husband is the CEO of Parler and that Candace Owens then used her personal connection with Kanye to convince him to buy Parler, a conservative social media company that has seen its traffic drop by over 80% this year. Also, looks like that deal is, you know, not happening now for some reason. But still, money! Money was probably a factor in Owens defending Kanye's anti-Semitism. But what makes Candace Owens a hypocrite goes far deeper than this one event. It goes all the way back to how she first became part of the public eye in the first place. After she was the victim of an awful hate crime in high school in 2007, a group of cracker teen boys, you know, frosted mini-wheats, had sent her death threats based on her race. The FBI arrested one of the little chumps, and Owens sued the school for not initially protecting her, and won. Good for her. She wrote an op-ed on the incident where she expresses what seems to be genuine, heart-wrenching distress over being called a liar, as well as not being given a say in how her story was used by the media, and generally feeling powerless and used by politicians, and not receiving apologies from the people in power. In the op-ed, she announced an anti-bullying website that she started, a website that, quote, will stop online bullying by outing the bullies. She goes on to elaborate, I created a searchable database of people who spew hate online. I hope it will make people think twice before they exercise their First Amendment rights online as a means to hurt others. So the website was essentially a way to dox online bullies, and it was met with Actually, a lot of resistance from both people on the left and on the right, at least in terms of the weird post-Gamergate internet culture of the time. The target of Gamergate's vitriol, Zoe Quinn, was actually opposed to the doxing in Candace Owens' website. And so when Candace Owens started getting harassed by trolls over the anti-bullying website, Owens was somehow convinced Zoe Quinn was behind these trolls. According to New York Magazine, pulling all her suspicions together, Owens laid out her full theory. 
She is convinced, based on a series of escalating misconceptions about how social media works, mixed with a dose of exposure to the Gamergate literature and some helpful input from the Gamergate supporters who have been following her tweet storms, that Quinn and Harper are making a lot of money by faking harassment against themselves to boost concern about the issue, and that they were worried social autopsy would blow their cover. In other words, Candace Owens got harassed as a young woman, was angered at being called a liar and used as a pawn, and then made a misguided doxing website as a response. And when another young woman said that was a bad idea, she called that young woman a liar and supported a harassment campaign against her. You know like a hypocrite. And while that's a a juicy little jab at this now right-wing grifter, I want to ask everyone to consider if it was good or bad that Owens was harassed as a teenager, before immediately saying that of course it was bad. Harassment is bad, which is why what Candace did was also bad. Anti-Semitism? Also bad. I don't even have to double-check that one. So it also seems bad that these people are trying really hard to justify Kanye's actions. But see, this isn't about Candace. This is about right-wing hypocrisy and what it means, and what the main takeaway of pointing it out should be. But to get to that, we need some more examples. And boy, we got those after our first ad break. Spoilers! It involves a very special man whose name rhymes with Bren Sub-Zero. Can't wait. What's up, my tubular bras and braettes? It's me, Surfin' Cody. When I'm not chasing the nug or hanging ten on a sweet bomb wave, I'm on the shore chugging my vites, that's vitamins, with the ho-dad types. You know, coming off that juice. And nothing gets me more pumped for hitting the lip like AG1 by Athletic Greens. They're the category-leading superfood product that brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. You see, Air Boss, AG1 keeps up with the latest in nutrition news to create their product, which is a drink that replaces all your daily vites. Look on as I get beaded up on this fabulous liquid. Bravo Zulu, that is smooth. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vites, mins, vitamins and minerals, and whole food source ingredients designed for any lifestyle. You can be vegan, or vegetarian, or keto, or paleo, and it'll give you that serious military power, bro. You'll be quaking in your Zoom bag. Just take it from me. Pilot Cody. I'm a pilot now. So yeah, check out AG1 if you're sick of dealing with numerous vitamins or feel like you need to inject a little more nutrition into your routine. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash more news today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash more news to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. It's a four-bagger, baby! Baseball! Hey, look! We're wet and we're back. Now, I know what you're thinking. In all this Kanye business, what of fact fucker logic master Benjamin Shapiro and his ability to deftly navigate the turbulent waters of reason? Now, obviously, we can't list every single time Ben has contradicted himself in a hypocritical way because we did last week and I'd like to get out of here before the new year. In terms of Kanye, well, Shapiro, of course, liked Kanye because it was Ben's chance to prove that conservatives are cool and hip. He also tried to use Kanye as a way to point out hypocrisy on the left. His argument being that the left only accuses West of being mentally ill when he says right-wing stuff that they don't like. I'm sorry, but here's like a full minute of Ben explaining this. Kanye West is in the news. He's in the news because he's becoming more overtly conservative. He he did an interview with Tucker Carlson last night in which he came out as clearly pro-life. And he made a point that Democrats simply cannot stand. He made the point that more black kids are killed every year in New York City than are born every year in New York City thanks to abortion. Again, one one thing that is very telling about how the left responds to Kanye West is that when Kanye West goes on stage and is crazy with Taylor Swift, their response is, oh, that's amusing and and not crazy at all. The minute he says he's pro-life, like that guy's crazy. He's pro-life? No way. He's a black dude who's pro-life. That's that's impossible. Impossible. 
Kim Kardashian, by the way, is considered totally sane, despite all of her myriad sexual peccadilloes and the fact that anyone who dates Pete Davidson is by definition insane. It, 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 it's an amazing thing, right? The, the, the media definition of insanity is not actual mental illness, which Kanye has actually acknowledged that he struggles with. That's not mental illness. Mental illness is when you're right wing. Mental illness is when you put on a MAGA cap. Mental illness is when you say that you don't want to kill babies. That's that's the true mental illness. First of all, fun Pete Davidson jab. Fun stuff, Ben. You're a real cut up. And while there is absolutely hypocrisy on the left about all sorts of stuff, perhaps in another video one day. But does Ben actually know how people reacted to that Taylor Swift thing? It was like a decade ago. Did he look that up? I know he was only four at the time, but the internet exists. And I'm willing to bet he's right in that most people didn't immediately assume he had a mental illness because that's just not how that works. However, there was at least one article from The Root that identified this problem at the time. But even if Ben is right, his point is that people will use mental illness to hand wave the stuff they don't like while holding on to the stuff they do like. Specifically, he identifies the claim that conservatism stems from mental illness. The pathologizing of right-wing viewpoints goes back a long way. It goes actually back to a book by Theodore Adorno called The Authoritarian Mind. The suggestion was that there was a pathological drive in capitalist societies that, that led people to become authoritarian. It was a Marxist view of what America was. And so the idea was that if you were right-wing, you were going to become a fascist. And that was because you were pathologically ingrained. There was something wrong with you. You were the kind of person who was abused as a child or who abused your own children. And, and that has made its way into modern politics in a variety of ways. People pathologizing their opponents, suggesting their opponents are mentally ill rather than just wrong, suggesting that, that there must be you know, some sort of, of actual deep emotional disturbance that drives policy differences. So Ben takes umbrage with the claim that, quote, if you were right wing, you were going to become a fascist and thinks that we too often pathologize people who are conservative or right wing and that Kanye is an example of that. Remember, this is all before Kanye came out as, well, having similar views to certain fascists, certain fascists named Hitler, certain fascists named Adolf Hitler, actually. And I'm not saying all right wingers are going to become fascists, but rather that it's hilarious that Ben used Kanye to say that right wingers won't become fascists. So anyway, let's see what Ben has to say after the whole even more anti-Semitism stuff happened. Listen, on a personal level, I get Candace defending her friend. She's very close with Kanye West. I get it. I don't think that her defense of Kanye is correct or convincing. I, I think that the, the real answer to the Kanye West of it is Kanye is a bipolar human being. I mean, he's made this very clear. I talked about this on the show. Oh, so the Jew hating stuff, that's the bipolar side. Hey, Ben, didn't you just say that the left was doing this exact thing with Kanye's conservatism? See, Ben now has to separate Kanye's other right wing beliefs with his overtly hateful ones. So suddenly the situation is very complex and nuanced as opposed to, say, Lizzo playing a flute. The reason the clip is viral is the contrast between a person twerking and the idea of a of a an extraordinarily classy instrument a historic instrument that speaks to sort of the gentility of america's founders being brought into a context that is vulgar it's the vulgarization of american history ben you have to realize how funny it is to think there's a grace to the founding fathers that's being made vulgar by a woman shaking her rump Surely you've yahooed the words Benjamin Franklin plus mistress before, or um, maybe look into slavery and what happened to the Native Americans. But the main point here is that Ben now has to really struggle with explaining why Kanye's anti-Semitic views are separate from his conservative ones. And so he's decided to pathologize some of Kanye's beliefs while handpicking the ones he likes. Literally the exact thing he claims the left is doing. To be fair to Ben, though, he did eventually get there, kind of. And honestly, good job, kind of. But perhaps now that you've accepted that Kanye is an anti-Semite regardless of his mental health, maybe 
he should reassess his praise for those White Lives Matter shirts and, I don't know, think about how the things he supports are clearly a few hops away from full-blown Hitler-loving. For the record, I do agree with Ben that it's really bad to just call your political opponent mentally ill. And it's true, some liberals do this, and it's bad when they do that. Remember, mental illness is not just a catch-all term for someone doing something I don't like and actually refers to specific disorders that impact a person's quality of life. And despite his contradictions, I'm glad Ben agrees with me here. You know, unless we're about to cut to some clips showing him doing the exact opposite of that. I have said, and I will continue to maintain, that gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder, whichever DSM you choose to use, is a mental illness. I mean, when you create an oversensitive society where there's a premium placed on being offended, where you get rewarded for being offended, what you're actually doing is creating mental illness among people. Ah, darn, you were so close to being a good logic boy, and you whiffed it. Oh, and here's a 2010 article from Ben arguing that liberalism takes over the brain and says homosexuality should be considered a mental illness. So... Womp womp, etc., and so forth. Womp womp again. Wouldn't you know it? Ben's a bit of a hypocrite, which would probably explain why he's not a fan of the media pointing out hypocrisy. For example, let's talk about loser and abuser Herschel Walker and that whole coerced abortion thing. According to Ben, it is so very telling that the supposedly horrible thing that Herschel Walker did, according to the media, was support the pro-life position, not knock up a woman and pay for her abortion. Because if he were pro-choice, this would not be a story. The hypocrisy charge, as always, isn't about the personal immorality of someone's activity, and it's immoral as all hell. It's about undermining the actual moral standard they violated. So to circle back, anti-abortion Republican Herschel Walker likely coerced multiple women into getting abortions after getting them pregnant. And Ben here is complaining about the media for pointing out the hypocrisy of Herschel Walker and that the media would be fine with it if he were pro-choice. First of all, no, I can't speak for the media, but pro-choice people still wouldn't be fine with coercive abortions, which is what Walker is being accused of, because the whole point of choice is nobody should be forced or pressured to give birth, and nobody should be forced or pressured to abort. But Ben doesn't mention the coercive aspect of the story. That's not the part he's talking about when he says immoral. So if there wasn't a coercive aspect to this story, then I guess, yes? Yes, Ben, the media wouldn't be pointing out Walker's hypocrisy if he wasn't being hypocritical. That's your brilliant take? See, Ben, by being anti-abortion as a politician while being pro-abortion in his personal life, Walker is basically showing that he thinks he's entitled to be allowed abortions, but he wants to make them illegal for everybody else. And so the reason moral hypocrisy is important to point out is that if someone truly believes in a rule they should be okay applying it to themselves as well. And if they're not, maybe they're a shitty person or, and this is important for abortion specifically, maybe it's actually a shitty rule. If abortion is literally murder, conservatives should be desperately disavowing Herschel Walker, who is, according to them, a murderer. So are they doing that thing? Herschel needs to be, come clean and just be honest. We also know that we all make mistakes. It's just better if it if if this actually did happen to say I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness. But have either of you had conversations with him about these latest allegations? Raphael Warnock and the Democrats want to make this about Herschel Walker yesterday. Herschel Walker wants to make this about Georgia's tomorrow. You knew that was coming. Of course you knew that they weren't going to care. It turns out that what they publicly decry as murder is all yesterdays and mistakes when one of their own party does it. And the reason is obvious, as stated by anti-abortion abortion Ted Cruz. And it's not going to stop the like absolute hell yes, I want every Republican running for Senate in this country to win. Yeah, they want their team to win. That's all they want. At least conservative radio host Dana Lash is honest about that very obvious fact. Please keep in mind that I am concerned about one thing and one thing only at this point. So I don't care if Herschel Walker paid to abort endangered baby eagles i want control of the senate mm, got some bad news for you dana in a way it's refreshing to have that little amuse-bouche of honesty that she'd rather see a baby bald eagle get aborted than see a democrat elected anyway 
They're hypocrites. Of course they are when it comes to abortion. This is an entire phenomenon that you can read about from feminist author Joyce Arthur, whose essay, The Only Moral Abortion is My Abortion, describes the many anti-choice people who end up getting an abortion thinking their case is special. And it's just other women who are immoral for getting an abortion. It's a very good essay, very thoughtful and empathetic. And I want everyone to think about what it means to call out anti-abortion politicians and supporters for getting an abortion themselves. Because it certainly shouldn't be an excuse to shame them for the abortion, right? Important detail here. Perhaps something this whole video is circling. Ooh, foreshadowing. Is it foreshadowing if you say it out loud? I don't know. Because there are some things you can't help in this world. People get unwanted pregnancies, even conservatives. That's why they should have the right to abortions. And so for the GOP to make laws limiting people's medical decisions is just asking for this kind of right-wing hypocrisy. Just like the right is notoriously hypocritical when it comes to anti-LGBTQ policies. Because being gay isn't exclusive to a political party, even if they pretend it is. But I'm not going to get into the specific right-wing homophobe turns out to be gay trope and instead talk about a more in vogue hypocrisy, which is the anti-trans groomer panic currently making the rounds. And the brand new trope, anti-grooming homophobe turns out to be a groomer type. And just to be clear, that's not at all compatible or comparable to being gay. And unfortunately, I can't talk about this without also talking about Matt. I'm sick of talking about Matt Walsh Walsh. I was not previously familiar with the term drag mom, though from context it seems that this is just another way of describing a professional groomer. The, uh, quote, drag child is handed over to the drag mom to be groomed and conditioned. It seems to be essentially a sort of pedophilic, predatory farm system that the groomers have set up. Progressivism does what the name suggests, what the label suggests. It's progressivism, so it progresses, except that it progresses in the same sense that, say, cancer progresses. It keeps spreading and getting worse and eating away at our civilization until it is stopped. Or until it destroys its host. And just like cancer, stopping it is not a gentle or a painless process. Obviously, involving children in drag events in any capacity should be outright criminalized everywhere. There, there is no other way. You know, this, this doesn't stop until police are breaking down the doors at these places and carting the adults away in handcuffs. Matt has invented a reality in which there's a drag show pedophile factory that turns children into drag performers, citation fucking needed, and calls progressivism a cancer and calls for police breaking down the doors of drag performers if a child is present at a drag show. Now, there's a whole conversation we could have about drag shows, which have been going on in this country since at least 1869. They aren't inherently sexual, but some of them certainly can have sexual themes. But I imagine a kid's story hour probably doesn't, and actually definitely doesn't. But sure, how about an adult-themed drag show? Should you bring a kid to one? I don't know, should you bring a kid to see an R-rated movie? Should a child play a violent video game? What about somewhere like Hooters? Well, let's ask alpha male Nick Adams, who pretty much sums up the hypocrisy with the single, apparently not satirical tweet saying, take your kids to Hooters, not ridiculous drag shows, because of course the anti-drag ghouls only care about kids seeing adult content when it's specifically LGBTQ in nature, because they hate queer people. Unlike Hooters, I guess. Here's Nick saying, Thank you, ladies. Hooters is 100% a family restaurant that is kid-friendly. And more Hooters, fewer drag shows. And if more members of Gen Z had been brought to Hooters as children, I can guarantee we would have had a red wave last night. I have looked him up, and he's somehow not a parody account. He's a Trump-approved conservative political commentator, and 90% of his Twitter feed is about hooters. No, really, look at this shit. Nick isn't the only anti-groomer right-winger who seems totally fine with exposing kids to sex if it's the right kind of sex. When he's not calling for violence against the LGBTQ community, Matt Walsh apparently spends a lot of his time thinking about the ovaries of teenage girls. So to all of a sudden act like this phenomenon of girls getting pregnant at, that, at, a, at a young age that we consider young, 16 or 17, to act, to act like it's a new thing is ridiculous. It's always been that way. Uh, even biologically, and this is me just stating, I'm just right now I'm going to start by just stating facts. So fact number one, it's not a new phenomenon. 
Fact number two. In fact, it's a phenomenon that was more common earlier in history. And for, you know, the first six to 10,000 years of human existence, it was a normal thing. Uh, fact three. Girls between the ages of like 17 and 24 is when they're technically most fertile. Yeah. Okay. That's biological. That's a fact. All right. I'm just stating facts. That's all I'm doing. Just stating facts. That's all I'm doing. That teens are fertile. Just stating some gross, weird facts for an adult man to say. He goes on to say that teen pregnancy isn't the problem. It's unwed pregnancy without the modifier teen at all. So what I'm saying is that the problem is not per se teenage pregnancy. It's unwed pregnancy. That's the problem in society. It's only problematic when, when, when you are not married and you don't have the man there to help you take care of the kids because he's a coward. Ah, so he thinks unwed, full adults having children is more of a problem than a child having a child. And if you're wondering, of course he doesn't like same-sex marriage. In other words, the creepiest, child-brideiest form of heterosexual predatory behavior is fine. But taking your kid to a drag brunch is horrible grooming. Because the specific cones that Matt has to swerve through here is whether or not he thinks that a teenager should be able to make sexual or mature decisions. And his answers really just depend on what he personally deems is good. For example, he also wrote in a blog post from 2014 about how adolescence is a modern innovation and wants to get rid of child labor laws that protect kids under the age of 16 from being exploited. While poor and middle-class mothers and fathers struggle to make ends meet, we legally prohibit their teenagers from working and helping the family financially until they reach the frivolous threshold of 16. We're told child labor laws are meant to protect first graders from being enslaved by sweatshop owners, but they also protect high schoolers from pushing a mop at a grocery store for a few hours a week, is what he wrote before later deleting it from his blog. It's interesting. So you see, adolescence is a made-up thing and not an observable stage of biological development as discovered by, like, scientists to protect children from labor. So we should stop protecting children from labor. Also, they should get pregnant and go into labor, even if they were sexually abused. Walsh tweeted that a 12-year-old girl should be forced to go through with her pregnancy if she's raped by her father, because then there will be evidence of the crime, meaning the born baby would be evidence? It seems like a bad reason to have a baby. So, okay, forcing children younger than 16 to give birth and exploiting their labor, all well and good, not abuse. You know what is abuse? Listening to kids who identify with a certain gender and giving them support. Here he is talking about a doctor giving adolescents gender-affirming care. What's her argument here? Well, she says, first of all, adolescents can make good decisions. In fact, she says, most decisions adolescents make are good. They make life-altering decisions all the time, she observes, which somehow means that it's good for them to make those decisions, and we should help them to make more such decisions. This is also why we say adolescents can't consent to sex. Our laws against child rape and pedophilia are all based entirely on the idea that young children cannot make sexual decisions for themselves. Dr. Johanna wants to undermine the legal, scientific, and philosophical case against pedophilia, and that is not a coincidence, by the way. Check back in 10 years or maybe sooner, and she'll be explaining in one of these videos with equal passion why we must be tolerant towards and accepting of adult-child sexual relationships. Oh, Neat how they're too young to make decisions the moment gender-affirming care is discussed. Which is it, Matthew? Kids should be forced to give birth and can consent to marriage and kids, but not to gender expression. It seems like you're a fucking hypocrite making up the rules because you just hate gay people. It's almost like, because he has to jump through so many hoops about what choices teenagers can and can't make, that his entire anti-trans groomer argument isn't built on sound logic. I think that's perhaps more important than trying to make Matt Walsh or these other ghouls out to be groomers themselves. Grooming is a very specific thing that doesn't happen at drag shows or hooters. That's the actual point to all of this. That and how dangerous it is to call people abusers or groomers when they are just doing something you don't like. And how that actually puts a lot of kids in way more danger than a fucking drag show. For example... Not too long ago, Walsh and other ghouls made a point to accuse Boston Children's Hospital of child mutilation because they provide gender-affirming care to minors. 
While that's obviously not mutilation, the claim also relies on false information that Boston Children's Hospital provides care to teenagers and young adults, but the hospital in question does not provide bottom surgery to minors under the age of 18. The Daily Caller used a study to claim the hospital was providing gender-affirming surgeries to minors, implying that the doctors are surgically transitioning kids. What the study actually shows is that 0% of patients who got gender-affirming bottom surgery were minors, and furthermore, the guidelines for breast reduction or augmentation are the same for both trans and cis teenagers. Cisgender girls under 18 routinely undergo breast reduction or augmentation without the right wing calling it child mutilation. Breast surgeries on cisgender teens are more than 20 times more common than surgeries on transgender teens. The reason doctors perform these surgeries on cisgender girls is based on studies showing that the improvement in quality of life outweighs the risks, which is the same kind of research that has shown an improvement in the quality of life for trans teenagers. But again, Walsh doesn't say shit about that because hypocrite, etc., and so forth, etc. Anyway, after Matt Walsh, the Daily Caller, Tucker Carlson, and Ben Shapiro claimed the Boston Children's Hospital was mutilating children, the hospital started to receive bomb threats, to which Walsh and others say, it's a false flag event or some kind of left-wing conspiracy. It sounds super safe and chill for kids to have bomb threats at their hospital. Good job, child protectors. And again, the point is that it's all fine. If a teenager and a doctor decide to augment their breasts for whatever reason, it's none of our fucking business. I don't even like saying teenager and breasts in the same sentence. And on the subject of sex and violence, well, it's time to cut to ads because we're drawing you in with violence, you see, before making you watch ads first. Point Cody. You know, there are a lot of untrustworthy types out there. Not me, of course. But scam artists aren't always so easy to spot. That's actually why I've invented a special pair of glasses that will alert you when you are being scammed. Yeah, they cost $200, but in the long run, my friends, that is absolutely worth it. It's a bargain, even. Another thing that may help you is to better understand scammy dudes like, say, Martin Shkreli. Remember that guy? Well, there is this podcast from Wondery called Scamfluencers that focuses completely on unbelievable but true stories behind some of the world's most infamous scams, swindlers, and con artists. People like Shkreli. You know him. He's the pharma bro with the Wu-Tang album who got famous for price hikes on drugs before we learned a bunch of other terrible things about him. If only people had my glasses earlier, they could have known! By the way, my scam spot TM glasses are available only through online purchases and only after you sign a form. That's just a bunch of boring stuff. Don't worry about the form. The point is that you should check out this podcast. Am I right? And you can follow Scamfluencers wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen ad free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Scamfluencers, stick it to the scammers by listening and then also bye bye. Buying my, my magic glasses. Hey, hi. Thank you for not abandoning me. We were just talking about how conservatives claiming to want to protect children actually caused bomb threats at a children's hospital. Like literally something the Joker would do. And now we are going to talk about violence, I do believe. Did somebody say violence? Was that person me? Oh, and speaking of violence, remember how Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked by a guy wielding a hammer who kept yelling, where's Nancy? And after being arrested, he admitted his motive was to kidnap Nancy Pelosi. Pretty fucked up. But you know what is just as bad? That after the attack, the Republicans were censored by the devious cabal of themselves. Anti-censoring activist Marjorie Taylor Greene, seen here being censored by a mask she wore while speaking into a microphone on the floor of Congress, was a victim of censorship by Marjorie Taylor Greene, who deleted her own posts where she called for violence against Nancy Pelosi. Here's just some of what she self-censored following the attack. She's a traitor to our country. She's guilty of treason. She took an oath to protect American citizens and uphold our laws. And she gives aid and comfort to our enemies who illegally invade our land. That's what treason is. And by our law, representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's a, it's a crime punishable by death. 
is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason and we want her out of our government. Wonder why she got rid of that. But it turns out she didn't do anything wrong. The true problem you see is Democrats politicizing this attempted kidnapping of a Democratic politician. But in the wake of that, they're telling you, unfortunately, you can no longer have free speech. Well, you can't. They're telling you this is an example of stochastic terrorism, which is a completely meaningless phrase that emerged like a virus out of the university to infect our public discourse, or more precisely, to suppress our public discourse. Reuters has reported that, we're quoting, terrorism and extremism experts believe it could be an example of the growing threat of so-called stochastic terrorism, in which sometimes unstable individuals are inspired to violence by hate speech. Okay. It's actually pronounced stochastic, as if you didn't know, you little pumpkin you. Ben Shapiro has similarly whined about the attempt to twist the attack as a, a broader story of supposed extremism. Hey Ben, uh, speaking of extremism, remember when you had anti-Semite and white supremacist-based stickman, aka Kyle Chapman, on your podcast because you thought he was justified in beating an Ann Coulter protester with a wooden pole? But first, I want to talk with base stickman about what's going on in Berkeley. So have you gotten have you gotten any trouble with the police for having defended uh, other sure. people at these rallies? Sure. I've been arrested three times. I have five felonies hanging over my head that I will have to at some point, if they indict me with the charges, have to fight them and fight those charges in court. Unbelievable. And, and so, you know, I, I think that it is imperative. Obviously, it's imperative that. Yeah, if if Jerry Brown, the governor of California, isn't going to do anything, and the city isn't going to do anything, then obviously the federal government is going to have to do something. By the way, that based stick man is a guy who has said, "quote We will no longer cuck to the left by appointing." token Negroes as our leaders. We will no longer allow homosexuals or other undesirables into our ranks. We recognize that the West was built by the white race alone, and we owe nothing to any other race. So, great choice in podcast guest, Ben. Anyway, yes, how dare Democrats make the politically motivated attack on a political leader political, as if any Republican has ever said anything remotely or specifically violent toward Nancy Pelosi. In fairness, how could he have possibly known that saying he wants to hit Nancy Pelosi with a gavel might give the appearance of encouraging someone to try to attack Nancy Pelosi with a hammer? Anyway, at least Republicans wouldn't ever make this very serious just by coincidence attack political or joke about it or anything. It is not impossible to protect our kids at school. They act like it is. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. Ha! 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 That was Arizona gubernatorial loser Carrie Lake joking about the attack on Paul Pelosi and attempted kidnapping of Nancy Pelosi. And like, okay, there's absolutely a back and forth here where both Republicans and Democrats accuse the other of trivializing political violence based on which party it happens to. And I think the GOP has justified their reaction to Paul Pelosi on the basis of, will they do it too? So I want to take a moment to explain the stark difference between, say, Kathy Griffin holding up a fake Trump head and the GOP cheering on the actual attack on a political opponent's house. I guess just saying that out loud kind of explains the stark difference, doesn't it? Honestly, I'm not impressed by Kathy Griffin's edgelord stunt either. But for example, when the president spends an entire pandemic telling people not to protect themselves and spreading misinformation about the virus that results in the deaths of countless Herman Cains, and then in turn gets the virus, it's not exactly shameful to find that funny. 
he did it to himself, after all. It's pretty poetic. It rhymes, etc. That isn't to say we should celebrate conservatives in general getting sick, though, right? And it's not like Nancy Pelosi was out there saying, everyone should buy a hammer. Hammers can't be used for violence, challenging people to use hammers for violence. And then this thing happened. And it's also very different than continuously calling Nancy Pelosi a traitor, implying violence against her, and then cracking wise when someone shows up at her house and tries to violently kidnap her. And it's very different when the people doing that are major political voices. I don't know. I don't really want to try and say that Republicans are the only hypocrites when it comes to political violence, because I don't think that's true. But rather, that there's an obvious difference between wishing for harm for someone and celebrating when actual harm has occurred. And at the moment, one of the two parties clearly has a way bigger issue with violently attacking the other. And so it's fucked up to see them escalate the point of celebration and encouragement. Anyway, speaking of Holding people hostage, Elon Musk has basically fired or driven off most people working at Twitter except those who have H-1B visas, because if they quit, they get deported, and has forced those people to stay in the office to draw him diagrams at 1.30 a.m. These mass layoffs are interesting because Musk is also very proud of being a jobs creator. <laughs> Yay! For creating jobs! The GOP loves rich people because of that. That's why we shouldn't tax them, right? And at least Musk isn't one of those terrible unions that are so bad for job security. Or, well, when he isn't doing mass chaotic layoffs for petty reasons. For example, an ultimatum where employees have to either go extremely hardcore and work long hours or quit. Pretty fucked up stuff to fire so many people without really knowing anything about the company you just bought. I'm sure politicians who are always talking about jobs and job creation and being pro-jobs are livid with Musk. Ted Cruz, for example, is absolutely wet in the knob for jobs. What is the Republican agenda? It's very simple. I'll give you three words. Jobs, freedom, and security. Jobs, security, freedom. Cruz is job obsessed, so he must be pissed about these firings, right? No? Instead, he's doing a laugh-cry emoji at Elon laying people off and people losing their jobs and job security, and also crapping on fast food workers for some reason? Maybe he thinks only Democrats work in fast food, which in his mind makes it okay? A United States senator publicly mocking the massive layoffs of American workers. That's, that's just, it's just not very jobs of you, Theodore. Weird. It's, it's almost like, because I guess Twitter employees are libs, he's glad that bad things happen to them? It's like he's not at all a serious person and just blindly supports his party, because here he is complaining about Democrats destroying jobs, because in this case, it's bad. But also, if you don't have a job, it's your fault, and just get a job, I guess. Both of these statements were tweeted in September of 2021, but I guess Democrats destroyed all the jobs, but also there's a surplus of jobs that lazy layabouts should go get. Ted Cruz, of course, isn't the only jobs expert who also loves it when people lose their jobs. Jobs champion Steven Crowder thinks it's absurd for anyone to lose their job for freely expressing themselves with jokes. Gee, I wonder what kind of jokes. But also, Crowder thinks it's great for workers to be fired for freely expressing their stated desire for respect and to not be discriminated against. And Elon Musk firing a bunch of people warms Steven Crowder's heart. But also, you should take a proud stance and refuse to get vaccinated even if it means losing your job because you shouldn't give up your principles just to keep your job however and get this if steven were a boss he'd love to fire people for their principles and beliefs anyway firing leftists or liberals for their woke ideology is great but having your show canceled for your ideology by the woke mob is bad also ironic that steven crowder complains about cancel culture and then cancels on Sam Cedar when he threatens to debate Crowder. Oh, oh, there he is. Oh, no, Sam Cedar. What a, whoa, what a fucking nightmare. You, Didn't need to show the clip, but said did. Steven Crowder is also a free speech champion who believes the libs want to destroy Elon Musk because they hate and want to eradicate free speech. But also, free speech champion Steven Crowder thinks it's great for conservatives to own multiple social media platforms, and this is a good time to be a conservative. I, I, why? 
why would it be good for conservatives and, and not just equally good for everybody if this is about free speech? Now, I want to recap for a second because this episode has kind of been a best of with me just pointing out various hypocrisies on the right that might have been very obvious to a lot of you. We talked about the hypocrisy of language with how they're able to excuse people like Kanye West using mental health. We talked about the moral hypocrisy of being A-OK with abortions so long as they're done by conservatives. We talked about the hypocrisy that often surrounds hate speech, the fake concern they show for grooming, which in turn is the hypocrisy of sexuality. For them, it's OK to sexualize kids if it's the, quote, normal kind of sex. And from hate is the escalation of violence and the hypocrisy of being OK with violence if it's against the right people. People, to the point that politicians on the right can now celebrate it. And people like Ted Cruz can cheer on the firing of thousands while pretending to care about jobs because they actually like it when bad things happen to the right people and how free speech to them is actually a code for the speech they want. That's what makes this hypocrisy unique. There's a specific pattern to it. You might have noticed that we didn't feature the absolute goat of hypocrisy, named so because he tends to eat trash. You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this yeah. election cycle. Uh, tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all, okay? So he's like, probably joking there. There's no way to tell. But it, of course, pretty much sums Trump up to hear him say that. It also sums up hypocrisy as it specifically relates to conservatives. While I sure hope you come out of this video knowing that everyone can be a hypocrite, with conservatism, it's kind of baked into their ideology for one reason alone, that their core tenet is based on exclusion. In other words, the belief that the rules they create shouldn't actually apply to them, but rather only the people they've deemed disgusting and wrong. That's why they love the idea of a self-made man and bootstraps, because to them, the people in power earned that power. And if you think they earned that power, then you also think they deserve more respect and privilege. They also think that the ends largely justify the means, which is why I'm willing to bet that your conservative grandma watching this isn't convinced by anything I've just said. She might have even fallen asleep or ah, oh, I hope she didn't die. I'm Sorry if she died. In short, they just think they're a better kind of person and deserve that privilege of rules for thee, but not for me. Like how abortion will always be legal if you're rich, so they don't care if they take away that right for the poor. Because in their ideology, might makes right. Being in power means you deserve that power and should be allowed a different set of rules. Or in other words, there's nobody that gets judged more than a straight white male. The straight white male has the least amount of a platform to even speak. A straight white male can't say, my wife hurt me today. Because people will say, well, you're hurting women. A straight white male can't say, hey, a black employee didn't come in to work on time. Because then people will say, you're racist. A straight white male can't speak on a homosexual person because uh, they'll say you're ho you're homophobic. And so I empathize with the position of the straight white male. And part of the reason why I empathize with that position is because I know that I'm headed to that position. And what position that is, that is? Top power position. What Kanye just admits here is that his affluence and fame have afforded him power. And now that he is in that position of power, he empathizes with the white men who are criticized for punching down from their positions of power. Because again, Kanye doesn't know how to be subtle. He just says the thing aloud. Meanwhile, most conservatives try to be at least a little more subtle. It would be far easier for them to say, I should get to set rules that I don't have to follow because I'm a better person than you. But that's typically unpalatable. So that's why they have presented themselves as logic bros and then always end up making strange arguments that ultimately come down to their feelings, such as disgust and hatred. Using disgust as a vehicle to attack your ideological opponent is not unique to conservatives. Liberals do it too. Everyone does it to some extent. But Republicans are masters of it. It is the primary emotion they use to get people on board with their hypocrisy. Abortions are fine when Republican men do it because they're not disgusted by Republican men having affairs. They're disgusted by women having sexual autonomy. 
Ben Shapiro can be more critical of Lizzo than actual anti-Semite Kanye West because Lizzo is a large woman who is confident in herself and her sexuality, and conservatives believe that is more worthy of disgust. Matt Walsh's groomers argument works against trans people because bigots are disgusted by anyone who is not cis and heteronormative, but he and other conservatives can be literally advocating for child labor or be literal groomers because they aren't who conservatives have been trained to be disgusted by. This is why they don't care if you point out the hypocrisy, because disgust is a more powerful emotion than, oops, I'm not being logically consistent. I don't know, maybe I'm being cynical when I say that they won't change their minds. Or heck, I'm not even sure what changing your mind looks like in this case. I certainly wouldn't jump to being a conservative if someone pointed out that AOC did something hypocritical, and I doubt most conservative voters assume the people they are voting for are perfect or even good people. And so at the end of the day, it's hard not to point fingers and accuse someone of ignoring hypocrisy because it's, quote, their team. Like, no shit. No shit we support the people who most closely support our values, even if we don't like those people. See Biden, comma, I forget his first name. I want to say bread. It can't be bread. That's that's a starch. <laughs> I keep saying that everyone is a hypocrite, which includes the left. But there is a distinction I want to make. And to do that, here's a rambling speech by Bread Biden. And just up the road, a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. But that's the past. And we're going to get we're going to build a different future. And this is the United States of America. When we put our hearts and minds to it, there's not a single thing beyond our capacity. I mean it when we act together. And of all things we should be acting together on, it's climate. It's climate. See, bread here is a hypocrite. All this talk of oil slicks and acting on the climate apparently doesn't matter when it comes to auctioning off the Gulf of Mexico for drilling rights. However, Biden being a hypocrite doesn't mean we shouldn't care about the climate right? It doesn't invalidate all the science pointing to a global problem. Or here's another example, one that I'd personally argue isn't hypocritical, but the right loves to point it out anyway. What a wonderful country we have. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? Well, you'll miss that I work in Washington, house one. That's the first problem. Live in Burlington, house two. That's good. And like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your home? Which tax tax haven do you have your home? New York City, thank you very much. Oh my goodness. Remember Bloomberg? Adorable. Conservatives and conservatives pretending to be Democrats love pointing out that people like Bernie Sanders talk about taxing the rich while being rich themselves. And like, I don't know. I don't think it's hypocritical for a rich guy to say that rich people should pay their fair share if that rich guy is also paying their fair share. But even if you think that's hypocritical, the original point is still valid, right? Compare that with abortion or drag shows. If Hooters is okay for kids, but drag shows are bad, that hypocrisy kind of points out that the drag show grooming accusations are fundamentally illogical. Unless you really think that kids shouldn't be at Hooters either, because that's also grooming, which it isn't. If rich people should get abortions, but poor people aren't allowed to, it seems like the problem isn't with abortions themselves, right? If even the people against abortion seem to need abortions, then maybe abortions should just be available. And what I'm getting at here is that the problem isn't necessarily hypocrisy. Everyone does it. And so being a hypocrite doesn't invalidate you as a person. But what I do want to point out is that if a belief or opinion seems to make everyone around it a hypocrite, perhaps that belief itself is invalid. 
Trying to make all abortion illegal or banning kids from being in LGBTQ spaces or supporting people by ignoring their blatant anti-Semitic side or celebrating Elon Musk being a shitty boss, none of that is built on a logical or practical or morally good foundation. And so when people try to advocate for those things, their points almost always fall apart, about which they are often mocked. But this is something the left and especially centrist Democrats often get wrong when pointing out the hypocrisy. They'll use these instances not as a way to advocate for something, but just as a bludgeon to attack the other party, sometimes to the point that they completely forget their own moral compass. I'm sorry, Occupy Democrats, you want Madison Cawthorn to resign for wearing skimpy lingerie? What in the world are you saying? Perhaps when a hard-right GOP manly man is leaked wearing feminine clothing, we shouldn't mock that person, but use it as an opportunity to normalize accepting that thing and point at it as further proof that trans people or drag performers shouldn't be demonized, you know? So maybe your dead grandma doesn't have to be convinced that being a hypocrite is a reason to pull support from someone, but rather an opportunity to explore the law or rule or value around the act of hypocrisy. So... Happy holidays, you fucking hypocrites. I feel like I didn't swear nearly enough, but that's fucking all right. I guess I was a hypocrite for saying I would. Also a hypocrite for all those love children I have abandoned after swearing I would help raise them. I've also killed before and will kill again. Sometimes I spit on the nozzle of water fountains, but only because it gets me off. doesn't really even have to be water fountains. It can be anything. I am so sorry for making you watch me fake cum. And sorry that I didn't make you watch me real cum. Anyway, thanks for watching the whole episode, not just that part. Uh, make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel that the video is on. And leave a comment if you want to. We've got merch at a merch store with Warmbo and other stuff on it. We've got a podcast called Even More News and this show as a podcast where all your podcasts are. So you can hear me fake come, I guess. I... So sorry. Um, we have a patreon.com slash some more news. And I am going to head over this way in shame. <laughs> <laughs>